It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Quite simply, as there always is, just an absolute ton of storylines and stuff going on in Washington football land as we get set for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Saturday night at 8.15 Eastern time on NBC, the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., the Radio.com app and everywhere in between uh, on the Washington football team radio network. I'll be out at FedEx Field, and hopefully it will not be the end of the season Uh, Although many people are certainly expecting that to be the case. But let's get you started with all the news going on. Uh, And we start here with Tuesday morning. And I asked this question to Ron Rivera to lead off his media availability on Tuesday. The team will have a walkthrough late Tuesday afternoon, practices Wednesday and Thursday, and then a final walkthrough on Friday, um, which will not be able to attend because it's the day before the game and obviously a compressed schedule in one less day uh, to prepare. Uh, not that big of a deal, but it is a little bit uh, of a deal. You'd like you'd like the full time of preparation just to heal, recover, uh, and again mentally prepare. But not going to make a big deal out of that. All right. So I asked Ron Rivera. I said, "Hey, you know, Alex admitted after the game on Sunday night that as the game wore on, and this looked to be the case." that the calf was giving him problems and that it was maybe tightening up, clutching, grabbing, whatever, and just wearing down. Remember, they came out super strong and Alex was firing seeds all over the place. 15 play drive, 91 yard drive, a 4-4 on third down, touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin, and then boom, 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 boom. And then they really struggled for the next couple of series, the next couple of possessions. And then they got it together after a 20-yard punt return by Steven Sims out near midfield on that final drive before the half. Uh, Even then, on that drive, there was a little bit of a hiccup, but they ultimately got it done with a climbing of the ladder situation to Logan Thomas uh, on a four vertical route uh, against cover three and a linebacker working against Thomas. So there was clearly issues. And I asked Ron, I said, you know, is there anything schematically game plan wise that you guys could do as the game wears on that he would be willing to share to reduce some of that wear and tear on Alex Smith. And I was kind of thinking, Hey, yeah, we could do more one-step pivot drops. We could do more three-step drops, whether under center or at a shotgun. Uh, We could do this. We could do that. And instead Ron gave us an answer that I don't think anybody was expecting. And I don't know why, I guess just because it's never really done. And that is it's possible It's potentially possible that the Washington football team could rotate quarterbacks on Saturday night, where it could be Alex Smith and then Taylor Heineke 
rotating series or maybe two series and one series. We don't know. And Ron Rivera admitted that to my question. Um, and I don't have the audio just now when I have to record this. So we will have it for you. Hopefully on the next episode uh, of the locked on Washington football team podcast, you will hear uh, from some of the coaches and, 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 or I should say some of Rivera uh, and a couple of the players here before the end of this show. The bottom line is Rivera said, look, this is something that we're considering, not something that we're doing, something that we're considering. And of course, the flood of questions then came after that. And Ron got a little bit annoyed uh, that maybe the cat was out of the bag, which he answered. And I appreciate his truthful honesty and his candidness. Um, but he was then very, very, very cautious to say, look, guys, this is something that we're thinking about, not that we're going to do, right? This is not... Like, we don't know how this game is going to play out. So it's very possible what you could see is Alex Smith start Saturday night, maybe hopefully effective. And then as the game wears on a little bit, maybe you could see Taylor Heineke in there for a series and then sandwiched around a couple of defensive series, hopefully longer series than, you know, three play, one play, two play drives, which Tampa is more than capable of. Then maybe that be you know, is enough time to let the inflammation, to let the soreness, to let the whatever is going on in Alex Smith's calf loosen up a little bit, right? Maybe they could work on him on the trainer's table. Maybe they could work on him in the blue tent, whatever the situation is. Maybe they could sign a, assign a physical trainer just to Alex Smith's calf to literally just keep massaging his calf while he's on the bench and while he's not playing. Uh, because ideally, listen, you want Alex Smith in there over Taylor Heineke. I'm sorry. I know people don't like Alex Smith. I get it. Uh, people want them to throw deep all the time. They're not built that way. Uh, that's not smart. That's not correct. That's not the way you should do it. They should take a deep shot or two here and there, uh, which they do, uh, intermediate to deep. Not maybe true, true deep, but that's just not what Alex Smith is built for not to mention when you do that you've got to sit there and you got to hold the ball for a little bit longer this offense is built when Alex Smith can get rid of the football in two and a half 2.6 seconds somewhere in that range that's what you want to do you do not want to hold the ball for three seconds three and a half seconds whatever it might be so a guy can run a fly route a go route a post a deep post you know uh, 50 yards down the field that's just not what you want to do period especially with Terry McLaurin being banged up and clearly not being 100%. Now, again, Ron Rivera said this, and because it's so unique and so odd, you don't hear it, you don't see it, it made huge national news. And I understand why. I, I, I understand why. I get it. That was not the intention of my question, but I'm glad Ron gave us the answer. Now, does it help against Tampa Bay? And Ron said that it really doesn't help from a game planning standpoint because they're going to run the same system. It's not like you have Alex Smith and Lamar Jackson or Alex Smith and Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins and Ky you know, obviously Dwayne Haskins, basically a statue and then a very mobile quarterback who's going to run a lot of read option stuff. 
That's not what you're dealing with here. Or a better example would be like the difference between, say, Jalen Hurts, who's not a good thrower and is a good runner so far early on in his NFL career, and Nate Sudfeld, right? There was a, a tremendous difference. So the bottom line is this. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if Alex Smith is not right, which there's more than good reason to think that he won't be, you certainly could see Taylor Heineke. Now, I think it's safe to assume that if Kyle Allen was still healthy, Kyle Allen would be starting, uh, or at the very minimum active, uh, and Heineke would be a third option. That's not the case. The question for me becomes... Do you, if Alex Smith, for whatever reason, is not feeling as good as he was last Sunday going into Saturday with one less day of preparation and rest, do you start Taylor Heineke? Like, is that on the table? I don't think anybody is going to look at that as an option, even though we all looked at it as an option last week. I don't think you can dismiss it. I don't think you can throw it out the window. I'm not saying it will happen. But if Alex Smith, for whatever reason, just isn't right, they might feel better about going with Heineke, especially against a good, aggressive defense by Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they're going to be without Devin White, one of their best interior linebackers, but they still have a lot of talent. They are a good defense. They are a good defense. So, to me, mobility escapability, the ability to run, which they're never going to be able to do well and they don't want to do. All of those things are against Alex Smith and the Washington offense, not to mention, again, a really good defense. They couldn't run the football against a destroyed, destroyed Eagle attack. I mean, the Eagles basically had one starting defensive lineman in, and that was... um, Javon Hargrave, and he ate Brandon Chair for lunch a couple of times, including on a sack. If you have all of that against you, you might be in a situation where, sure, you'd like Alex Smith because of his decision-making, because of his leadership, because of what he means. But remember, he also had two interceptions last Sunday night and could have lost a fumble, right? So he could have had three turnovers. Now, maybe the fumble, you don't view as his fault, whatever. I mean, reasonable minds can disagree. It was definitely a lower snap from Chase Roulier, uh, but Alex could have probably come up with that, and he didn't. And then he fumbles it, and then he recovers it, which was a fortunate break, but the two interceptions we have to keep in mind, right? Ron said, oh, you know, most of his interceptions come early in uh, early in his starting tenure, coming back from the uh, from the surgery. Well, now that's not true. I mean, now he's what seven games, eight games in to his return. So he still had a couple of interceptions. One on a swing to JD McKissick in which he leads him a little bit too far. I thought initially it was behind JD McKissick a little bit. When I took a closer look and a blown up replay of it, it was, I think a little bit too far out in front. And J.D. McKissick had a defensive back rearing down on him who popped him and jarred the ball loose. So I think J.D. McKissick was, you know, rightfully looking at what was coming at him. But the ball was not perfectly placed by Alex Smith by any means. Not that every pass should be, but I'm just saying, you know, that one to me is kind of a little bit more on Alex Smith than I think 
he's getting uh, credit or blame for, even though ultimately it was viewed and it is judged as an interception. The other one was Logan Thomas is getting held up a little bit at his break on a little comeback, on a little curl comeback. But Alex, I think, just locks in and makes the wrong read because it was never really there. I mean, it's a super tight window. Now you say, well, well, so is the touchdown. And you're right. You're right. So maybe that's what he's kind of thinking there is that Logan Thomas at six foot five can bail me out and you're going to have to make some tight window throws. But nevertheless, it did not look like from the end zone view, a great decision by Alex Smith. We'll ask him more about that this week. But the point of the matter is, is they cannot afford turnovers in this game. They have to take the ball away from Tom Brady and the Buccaneers minimum two times, and I would say really minimum three times, to have a decent chance, maybe a good chance. And they cannot turn the ball over more than once, period, under any circumstances. And even once might be too many. So whoever is at quarterback, whenever they're at quarterback, Taylor Heineke, Alex Smith, whoever, and obviously the rest of the team cannot afford any mistakes in that regard. I mean, the defensive penalties have got to stop. The turnovers have been a problem a large deal of the year. Got to stop. They're going to have to be able to find a way to run the football. That's got to happen. Somehow, some way. Because you're not going to throw the ball 45 times against this defense. You're just not. Not successfully, I can tell you that much. All right, so that is the story there. We have more breaking news and information that we have to get to next, including will fans be allowed at FedEx Field? That's next, right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us for betonline.ag. I told you I laid down a couple of smaller bets on the Eagles and Washington football team win on Sunday. I lost... A couple of bucks on the opening drive bet that I made. I did not think Washington was going to score. And the data all told me, yeah, they were 0 for 15. And they scored, which I was happy about. So I was a happy loser, basically. But you know where I was a winner? I kicked a little butt on the score not going over 40 for either team. I thought it would be a low-scoring game. It turned out it was 20-14, to 14, and neither team even came close, and I won me some money, as can you, at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Sign up today, get a free account at betonline.ag, and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. That's right. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. At Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, and speaking of bet online, you know this, 2020 is mercifully over, so now we're betting that 2021 is going to be a much better year for all of us. It's time for a fresh start, a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q, Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get this podcast or any other podcast and have yourself a good betting day at the window all right let's we're back here on the locked on a washington football team podcast so a couple of things that we have to get to the washington football team made a statement on um on monday night saying that they're not going to be able uh to have fans at fedex field on saturday night against the tampa bay buccaneers now listen uh, a lot of people were disappointed by this uh they were hoping that some fans would be able to get in and i completely understand that Uh, this should not be a surprising decision they had one game with fans like truly fans not friends and family like they have had for a couple of games uh and immediately Uh, There was more and more cases locally and nationally, and they had to shut that down, and that quickly ended. Uh, So here's the team statement. It said, following continued restrictions from the state of Maryland and Prince George's County regarding limitations on gatherings due to COVID, we are not able to have fans attend our upcoming playoff game on January the 9th at FedEx Field. Our entire team, especially our players, will miss having our passionate fans in the stadium as we take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are grateful for all of the support from our community and encourage everyone to stay safe. So, Here's the deal. A lot of fans are having trouble in an 80,000 seat stadium from saying, well, why can't we just spread them out so it's not a large gathering? It's still a large gathering in one spot, in one area, in one in, in one geographical area. Just because it would be spread out over an 80,000 game stadium, uh, seat stadium does not mean that it does not count and therefore violate whatever protocols the state of Maryland and also Prince George's County has. And remember how tough Prince George's County was even when Washington was allowed to have fans and even way different than the state of Maryland, right? The Maryland offered and said that the Ravens and that the Washington football team could have 10% of their capacity. So everybody thought immediately 8,000 fans, roughly. Well, Washington said, we play in Prince George's County. We're going to have to listen to Prince George's County. We're only going to have 3,000 or so fans. And then that was only for a week. And then again, the, the numbers kept getting worse nationally and locally and in the geographical area. And they shut that down. So remember, it's not just what you think is right and what you think is fair and what they could do just so that you could go to a playoff game and and make no mistake about it. It would be awesome to have 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 fans, whatever the situation might be, but it's also, hey, Prince George's County is saying in one area, okay, not one like immediate area or one little footprint in one area, in one grouping, in one location, in one physical location, we can't have whatever the number is. So the Washington football team is listening to that and correctly making a decision that they don't want to make. Of course they want the money. Of course they want you there. Any little advantage they, they could get, they would want. But this is the smart decision. 
right? And kudos to them for not caving in uh, and making a bad, unsafe decision. Uh, And also, you know, look, they have much, much, much greater issues to worry about than whether fans can get into a game, quite honestly. You know, they have Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. That is of primo importance, primo importance. Would it be nice to have fans? Of course. But let's be honest. Fans, uniform colors, culture statements, all that stuff, uh, you know, what at perception, people picking against them, it means nothing. It means zero, zero. So I don't want them to even be worried about this, quite honestly. I mean, this is more for the marketing people and the business people anyway. But it's very clear that this team under Jason Wright is not going to just sacrifice everything. Just because the Bills got clearance from New York State to allow 6,500 doesn't mean, again, the state of Maryland and, more importantly, Prince George's County is going to allow a gathering of people, right? Because think about it. It is one thing to separate you in the seats and by section. It's another thing as you're milling around, both trying to get into the stadium, out of the stadium, on the concourse, to concessions, to the bathrooms. It is very, 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 very difficult to monitor all this stuff and to enforce all this stuff. And I don't know how they're going to do it next year, right? Are they going to make sure everybody that gets in has a vaccine? I don't know, right? I don't know how they're going to do this. It is very, very, very difficult to monitor and regulate this. So... I don't blame the Washington football team at all. I wouldn't do it either, quite honestly. And I know that sucks for the fans, but I wouldn't do it either. And especially when you look at, again, fans wouldn't be coming in touch with players. I got it. I understand that. It's outside, all of that stuff. But, I mean, you look at the Cleveland Browns. They got all sorts of issues. They finally make the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. And here they are, Kevin Stefanski, test positive. He's not going to be able to coach. Joel Batonio, their best offensive lineman, he tests positive. He's not going to be able to play Former Washington football offensive line coach and interim head coach Bill Callahan was part of the COVID protocols. His assistant was last Sunday, so they couldn't coach. They may not be able to coach this week. Uh, You got another player um, that tested positive, so he's not going to be able to play. Uh, I think it was Catterell Hodge. Um, You know, who else knows who's going to be a close contact? They may have to push this game off of Sunday night to Monday or Tuesday. We're not sure yet. We're not sure yet. But think about that. Right. That's important stuff, because if you and and apparently there's three different strains of the virus going around in the building that they've been able to test and do like geochromosome testing and all this stuff. I mean, that's hard to get a hold of. Right. That's not one strain. That's three. Right. And it's coming from outside, apparently the facility and being brought into the facility. Now, you can contact trace until the cows come home, but. Clearly, contact tracing didn't work last week, right? Because Betonio and Stefanski, who, by the way, had an exchange in the locker room with the game ball on Sunday after clinching a playoff spot, you know, they came in contact with each other, right? They're both masked up. But I mean, again, you can get it without knowing and without, you know, and even if you're masked up, right? Masking up is just kind of a, a, a preventative measure. It doesn't guarantee that nobody's going to get it or that you're not going to admit it. 
or emit it. So I don't blame the Washington football team in any way, shape, or form here. You need as little distraction as possible. They already have enough to worry about. Just let it be. Watch the game on television. Root your guts out. Listen to it on the radio on the Team 980. Root your guts out. Hopefully it won't be the end of the season. If it is, okay, that's understandable. Uh, The bottom line is they've got enough to deal with. All right, when we return, I I tell you what, because we're running a little bit late because we had so much stuff going on, we're not going to be able to hear from some players. We'll try and get to that as the week goes on uh, because there's been so much news. Uh, Let's get you a thought on Chase Young, Tom Brady, and Bruce Arians next as we wrap up shop here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Washington football team podcast as they are the division champs and they're hosting Tom Brady and the Buccaneers next. All right, it is Chris Russell with you right back here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. And we want to welcome back our friends at Rock Auto. That's right, rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers for 20 years. Rockauto.com is the place you want to go to shop for all of your auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers, uh, foreign or domestic, small or large, uh, four-wheel drive, uh, eight-cylinder, Whatever car you have, whatever truck you have, rockauto.com has the parts for you at the very best prices. Why pay for all that overhead at the big auto parts superstores? No, no, no. No commission, no big part overhead, no nothing. Just rockauto.com with all the parts you need for your car or truck at the very best prices. Prices. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available again for your car or truck, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we wrap up the Locked On Washington football team podcast with this. So Chase Young, as he was running off the field on Sunday night at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, was basically saying, you know, we're coming for you, Tom Brady. We want Tom Brady. And a lot of people were like, like, why are you doing that? That's bulletin board material. That's not good. Uh, That's not the right thing to say for a rookie towards the greatest quarterback of all time. He's going to be pissed. All of that could be true. Listen, if if that's what it takes Tom Brady to get angry, upset to get you know pissed off whatever to put up a 40 burger on the wall no that has nothing to do with it now it makes a great storyline it makes for a little juicy drama all that stuff Tom Brady might say something about it after the game so might Chase Young there's going to be stuff on the NBC broadcast between Tariko and Dungy now Tariko and Dungy don't like to stir up the hornet's nest as much as Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth does. But the bottom line is, is people are going to make a bigger deal out of this than it is. It's not a big deal. Trust me, it's not a big deal. The whole bulletin board material stuff, eh, you know, I mean, it does motivate some people. Trust me on this. It's not going to motivate Tom Brady. He might say it did. It's not. 
And if he says it's just to tweak everybody and just to bust everybody's chops, remember Tom Brady for all of the things that you don't like about him or many don't like about, not only is he the greatest quarterback of all time, but he also in his last, uh, uh, say four or five years, he has become an onion buster as I would call them to be safe and politically correct. He likes to bust chops. He likes to antagonize. He likes to tease and torment. Remember when Tony Dungy recently will be on the call said something about Tom Brady. Uh, and, uh, when he was with the Colts and, and, and Brady was with the Patriots and, 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 and Brady put up an image of the Colts putting up, you know, some, you know, fake banner or whatever it was with the AFC championship and all that stuff. Uh, I guess after the deflate gate and all that, uh, you know, Tom Brady does not care about that stuff. Now he, again, he might say something about it pregame, postgame. He might say something. He probably will. He'll be asked about it, but he'll say it with a smirk and it's no big deal. Listen, let Chase Young be Chase Young. He's a confident kid. He's a little bit loud and proud. He's a little bit boisterous. He's not a quiet young man. And I don't think anybody is upset with him in Washington football team nation. I mean, Ron Rivera said, eh, you cringe a little bit when you hear something like that. You know, you wish he probably didn't say it, but that's Chase. And I think that's the way we have to look at it. That's Chase Young. No big deal. No big deal. All right, that's it for the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. We will have another episode on Wednesday. We will also have our crossover Thursday edition with the Locked on Bucks guys. And in the meantime, I invite you to go check out NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson as they host Locked on Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt will give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news and insight on every game team and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more each weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us. Have a great middle of your week right here on the Locked On Podcast Network uh, and as well, Locked On Washington football team. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.